Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome to the Herfcast. So, today's episode features Jason Jean from Tattered Beans Coffee. I first heard about Jason on the Bearded Idiots podcast. Uh, Bearded Idiots, they do whiskey reviews and just general bullshitting, uh, drunken fuckery, if you will. So, uh, anyway, I got a hold of Jason and uh, his partner, Amanda, and we've been trying to line this up for a while, and we finally got the time to sit down and do it. Uh, luckily, they had a, a nice day with the weather out there in Pennsylvania, and they were able to sit out and smoke cigars with me uh, via video chat. So, Tattered Beans Coffee, uh, you'll hear all about it in the episode, but long story short, uh, go to tatteredbeans.com and you could order coffee. Now, when you order coffee, you could select either a branch of service, uh, being active duty, uh, veteran, or first responder, police, fire, whatnot, uh, and whoever you select gets four dollars per bag of coffee that you buy so uh if you are a veteran first responder police fire anything um you know check it out and this could be a way everybody knows somebody who drinks coffee and uh if you sign up you get a personal link and if people use your link you get four bucks a bag so it's that simple um so yeah check out tattered beans coffee uh tatteredbeans.com and all of those links and jason's links will be in the uh, description of the episode so check them out and don't forget to check out all my stuff my links will be down there as well Uh, visit my website visit the store buy a shirt some stickers whatever Um, uh, join the patreon uh, if you feel like i deserve a little bit and you want to support me Uh, there's several tiers on patreon that you could help me out that would be amazing so hopefully you guys enjoy the episode we talk about a lot of stuff Uh, jason's had quite the uh quite the life so far Uh, we talk about uh, obviously the coffee, uh, we talk about cancer a little bit and then we go in a little bit about, uh, he's got a docu-series coming up. So listen up for that. Thanks for, uh, joining us and hopefully you enjoy. All right. Uh, what's going on everybody? This is, uh, Brian with the Herfcast, and today I've got Jason Jean, uh, from Tattered Beans Coffee along with, uh, Amanda, who is his right hand woman and Steven, the, uh, video guy. So, uh, Tattered Beans is a coffee company that is all about the veterans. Uh, you guys, uh, long story short, uh, I'll, I'll give the long story and then, uh, you could, you could fill me in with the rest, but basically, uh, the bottom line is, uh, $4 from every bag gets donated. Well, not even donated. I, is, is donated the right word? No, it's, it's, um, because the donation makes it feel like, um, like I'm giving it. But actually, the the customer uh, that purchases coffee under the veteran active duty or first responders profile um, is really giving the money uh, to that particular person. Yeah. So so the the vet that you choose, or uh, if you choose a branch, then a vet from that branch will get four dollars for every bag of coffee that you buy. Uh, so it's it's up to you who you want to give the money to, yep, and the money retail bag. Yep. And and the money goes directly to that person, so it's a it's a really awesome concept. Uh, and you know, it it seems like uh, you guys are doing a hell of a job. I I heard you guys on the Bearded Idiots podcast. Uh, I'm you know I'm sport, sporting their hat now. Uh, those guys and, those guys are crazy, man. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So great, great guys. Uh, it was a it was a really good episode. So um, so yeah, a uh, little bit a little bit of background about Tattered Beans then. Well. Thanks for having me on first. Um, 
So Tatter Beans got started. Um, I had a, a successful coffee brand previous to launching Tatter Beans, and I was diagnosed with cancer here last September. And um, and the cafe that the that particular brand was associated with, um, due to the health, I just closed it down. And so Amanda's been with me for oh my god, years and years. And, and I said I want to. I want to rebrand this. I said, I don't want it to go away. I mean, people like the coffee. It's good. And uh, I said, but I want to do something to where as I can give back to, to vets. And um, so I came up with the concept of how do we do that? You know, I didn't want to do a 501c3. I didn't want to do no nonprofit type stuff. Um, I wanted to literally just get cash back in their pockets. And so I went to my web programmer and said, here's my idea. This is how I want to get it implemented. And so uh, he built the website and from there uh, now we just go out and, you know, tell vets and, and we added active duty military and first responders uh, to the, to it. Um, also fundraising, you know, now we have uh, people because that's where the core of our, the previous uh, brand was. It was, we were um, really super successful in central PA as the coffee fundraising company. And from there, um, I just took that concept and elaborated on it to launch, you know, Tattered Beans so that we can, and again, give right directly back to, you know, those individuals. Yeah, that's uh, myself. I've, I've got uh, some, some morning run in my, uh, in my cup here. Uh, iced, it's a beautiful day uh, for a change. So I, uh, I, I brewed it strong and I put it on ice. So I've got the, uh, the iced morning run and... See, me, Jason, and Steven are all smoking the Jessam Crawl Red Knight Lonsdales. Um, and Amanda is smoking a acid blondie. So that's the that's the rundown for the uh cigars and, and the coffee on my side anyway. I don't know if, are you guys drinking any coffee right now or no? I had my two cups this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Amanda had her fourth quarter. I'm a fourth quarter strong uh kind of guy, or I'll do the weekend pass. Um, the weekend pass is my favorite, uh, but I didn't get much sleep last night. So I'm running on the two cups of fourth quarter strong. Yeah. Me- I, I'll tell you that, that was the first one that I tried. And yeah. after that, I, I definitely tread lightly, um, you know, a, after trying that one, because that you could, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could take on a bear and a tiger at the same time when, when you're drinking a fourth quarter strong. That's what I tell people. I say, listen, I'll put that up against anybody's strongest coffee. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely gets you going. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah so. that's for sure. But uh, you know, I, I will find I will say that um, I don't get the shakes from it, and I think that's why. And I'm not, you know, kissing my own ass with our our coffee or anything like that. But it took us two years to find our roaster um, because I'm not like you know that's that's the difference between myself and and uh, some other, you know, coffee uh, gurus out there is I don't roast my own. You know, for me, it was, uh, especially with the previous company, it was about, you know, profitability. Um, you know, so why do I want to go and, and buy a warehouse or rent a warehouse and buy new equipment and teach myself how to roast beans and do all of that? To me, I'm not about reinventing the wheel. So uh, we just found a good quality roaster locally here. Uh, it's been around 200 years, 
So they already know what the hell they're doing. So why do I want to, you know, why do I want to reinvent the wheel? Like I just said with that. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, there, there's a lot of similarities with that, with the, uh, with the cigar industry, because uh, a lot of brands, you know, they find a factory that they like, you know, whether it be yeah. the, my father factory or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and you know, the, the, you know, the brand will come up with the blend and whatnot and work with that warehouse, that, that rolling house. Yeah. Um, and you know, they'll figure it out together and there you go. So, you know, like, yeah, a lot, a lot of the boutique brands, especially, uh, you know, they, they have their, their, uh, their warehouse where, where they like to have their cigars rolled and everything. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I, I definitely see the reasoning behind that for sure. Well, and that's what helped us, you know, when, when I wanted to launch tattered beans, that's what gave us the ability to give back so much. Um, because we had already dialed in our, our pricing, how we run the company and everything prior to launching that. I mean, and so we were able to give back the most by having this business model. Um, and that's what's key to, key to me um, for the success of the veterans, active duty and first responders is because at this point now, how we're growing, we've doubled from last month to this month on what we've given back. So I know the model works. People are digging it. They're getting money back in their pocket. Um, and, you know, and really at the end of the day, you know, cash is king. So, yeah. you know, it, if they go out and they really promote themselves, like a lot of people do, I mean, listen, I've said this on, on so many different platforms. You know, you look at these multi-level marketing bullshit schemes and so many people get suckered into them. They have to invest in it. And from there, with with me, just make a profile. You get a you get a free um you get a free link. Yeah. You market it as much as you want. Like I don't sit there and say that you have to buy coffee every month. You know, if you get your link. I mean, there's some people that you know that are signed up that you know haven't um sold any coffee. And then there's others that are killing it. So it's really up to that individual. And if I remember correctly, the, the individuals that don't sell any coffee, uh, that don't have anybody buying coffee under their name, uh, that's where, when you choose a branch comes into play, correct? Correct. Yep. Yep. So, so if you, if you choose, if you just go with the general branch, if you select the army or the Navy, uh, then that money will go to someone who hasn't received anything so far that month. Yes. Is, is that the, yeah. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, as far as promoting yourself, like uh, like like Kelly Sparks from the Bearded Idiots, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's got a great platform to promote himself uh, exactly. for that because Kel Kelly was a Marine, uh, yeah. once once Marine, always Marine. So, um, you know, yeah, he he's able to do that. I I don't know how he's doing. I haven't talked to him about it, but uh, I, I'm sure he's gotten at least a couple of people to buy some coffee. I mean, hell, everybody drinks coffee. So yeah, he, and he's getting a check this month. Yeah. So I. Personally, like I, I think it's a brilliant platform, and I think it's, uh, it's awesome the, the, you know, the, the amount that that you're doing because, uh, again, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, the vets get four bucks. I'm vets or EMS uh, first responders, uh, they get four bucks a bag, and you get a dollar a bag. Yep. So, like, I mean, that's that that's pretty uh pretty admirable if you ask me. Listen, one thing you'll one thing I want to make sure of. Um, is I don't want to ever be that one CEO where, uh, they're doing an article on, 
And, you know, he's always constantly taking 350% more than, you know, the other people. Yeah. So, um, you know, if we, if we reach our numbers, which we will, uh, cause that's, you know, we positively think that way, you know, we're going to achieve our goals. When we achieve our goals, uh, we'll have approximately given back $4 million when we reach our goals and we will, we will reach our goals. That That's awesome. So, you know, and that's another thing is, is I've gotten the most respect given back to us because we outright say like, Hey, we're a for-profit company. Yeah. And here's how we're set up. I'm not, I'm not doing anything shady through a 501 C three and I'm not hiring my wife and my kids and my cousins and all this and, and giving them absorbent, uh, um, pay and taking it from the, you know, the people that really, you know, need it. And that's what ends up happening in a lot of cases. I mean, hell, you know, look at, look at, um, you know, the articles that have been written, um, you know, the one girl, uh, just recently, you know, took like $900,000 yeah. from the platform. Like, come on, you know, but that's the way those are set up, you know, yeah. and you can really get a lot of money out of those with me. Um, our retail bags, you know, they get it, they get sell for 12 bucks. They get four of it. Yeah. And, uh, that's like you mentioned with the, with the, with the big, not for profits, uh, air quotes, not for profits. Uh, that was one thing that I always, uh, when I, when I found out the red cross, uh, you know, they, they kept 40% of, of all the money donated. It's like, that's kind of crazy to yep. me. Um, you know, but I mean with that, like if you're ever going to donate to anybody, uh, you definitely want to do your research and, you know, see where that money is going. Like, uh, I do St. Baldrick's every year. Yeah. And I, I get one haircut a year. I, I raise money for childhood cancer research. And I think with them, uh, it is, I want to say 87 cents on the dollar Yeah, goes to cancer research. Yeah. Uh, and I think St. Jude's is even better. I think, I think, uh, St. Jude's it's something like 94 or something. Well, I'm a Shriner. So. Oh, are you? Yeah. So All I'm right. a Mason and a Shriner. So, I mean, I definitely, I know how much we give back, um, to those, and those platforms and, you know, having that background, this is, that's exactly why we're set up the way we are. And listen, I can, people will break my balls. Um, they can run their business however they want. I choose to run tatter beans the way I want. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, being a Mason, have you, uh, cause I know you smoke cigars on, uh, maybe not a regular basis, but you, you smoke cigars from time to time. Have you tried the, uh, Hireman Solomon line? I have not. No, no, that's I, if, if I would have known you were a Mason, I probably would have sent you some, uh, Hireman Solomon's, uh, along with the JSKs. Yeah. So, uh, Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're good cigars. Um, yeah. I've had, uh, three of them. I think I've had the, the veiled prophet, the, I want to say the master Mason and one other, but I can't remember. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, they're, they're doing it right too. Um, that's, uh, you know, another, another small brand that's, uh, that's, that's killing it really. Uh, they're, they're, they're really doing well. They're, they're growing. Uh, that's like the JSKs that I sent you JSK. Yeah. Um, I, he, he's kind of local to my area. Okay. That, that goes back to, I mean, it's not like he could have a, a, a tobacco farm in Indiana yeah. and, and grow anything worthwhile really. Hey, so I, I mean, will, it, uh, let me ask you. So I don't know much about it around here, but recently with the whole, uh, milking ish, milk industry here in Lancaster, I, I'm, we're surrounded by Amish. 
Um, and a lot of the, the farms have gone more conglomerate, you know, large scale combined uh, co-op, stuff like that. So the Amish uh, have started to make um, tobacco leaves. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've converted a lot of their barns and uh, they'll hang all their tobacco leaves. And these leaves are like huge. Like, oh, yeah. holy shit. It's yeah. Like, you know. So yeah, that's, I, I no, that, to, that's, that's cool. I'll have to keep, that. yeah, I'll definitely have to keep an eye out for, uh, for some Amish, Amish cigars and see. Well, is that what they, that's, I guess that's my question. Is that what they are? Oh, but that, that's, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. That's, I mean, I, I could only imagine that if they're carrying them in the barns, then that's most likely the case. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure what the process is like for cigarettes. Um, I imagine there's probably some similarities there. They just shred everything up and stuff yeah. it in a paper tube, but um but yeah i mean pennsylvania does have a lot of great cigar tobacco that's for sure so, no shit oh yeah get out of here yeah uh pennsylvania broadleaf is uh it's it's definitely a it's it's a good wrapper it's a good filler um and it's got it's you know it some some sometimes it'll pack a punch but uh really flavorful um yeah, well, at least man. we can do something right because our fucking roads suck. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. If you're surrounded by Amish, they might not prioritize the roads, you know. <laughs> hey, the one, the one thing I got I to gotta wonder, I, I won't get political or anything like that, but, man, that, if, if AOC was ever here and she looked at all the, the horse shit on the road that they leave as they're driving by, my God, <laughs> if she wants to kill all the cows, I want, can't imagine what she'd want to do to the, the poor guys and their little horses. <laughs> what about how they get around? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> that one caught you off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's, I mean, if I, if I knew more about her other than her bat brain bullshit, you know, I might be able to, I might be able to comment a little bit more, but I mean, that's, that's all I see is, uh, you know, just exactly like I said, bat brain bullshit. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. She might have some good ideas, but, uh, you know, I guess that's not my algorithm. So, right. I hear you there. I hear you there, brother. That's great. So, yeah, this is a good cigar. Yeah, I, re I really like him. Um, you know, this this was his uh, first release. The Red Knight was his first release. Uh, and it's definitely definitely still uh, one of his strongest releases for sure. Um, he just came out with, a, it's called the Tyrannical Buck. Uh, and I had the Maduro the other day. And that was one tasty cigar, man. I, I fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, but that, that just came out uh, last week. I like their logo. Yeah. The logo's tough. Yeah, he's a uh, like his 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 whole brand I I'm a fan of. So. Yeah. It's like that whole night shit. I like that. Yeah. But uh that's just some crawl in Macedonian is uh I am king. So. Awesome. So as far as cigar goes, uh uh what kind of history do you have with cigars? Yep. Um my buddy uh who lives up in uh Huntington uh PA he was an avid cigar smoker. So when we would go over to his house, he would just give my wife and I stuff to smoke. And uh, most of the time I would have my girl pants on and I'd take the flavored stuff. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to fucking lie. Hey, it, you know? it, it, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. And so um, I have, you know, other than living in Key West and I smoked a, a Cuban once. A Cuban cigar um, that was really good. Um, I know about zero 
So yeah. you're going to educate me immensely about cigars. Cause like I said, this is pretty good. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant to cigars too, but you know, I, I try to fake it every once in a while. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that, that's, that's one of the nice things about having, cause that's, I, I like having people on that, that, uh, aren't necessarily cigar smokers ever, you know, yeah. I guess a little bit more than every once in a while. Um, cause like you I, got one here. yeah, that's, I, I mean like the local comedians that I've had on the show, um, you know, whatnot, like it, I, I found out, like I wasn't planning on it, but I found out that I really enjoy having the, the not so experienced cigar smoker on and bullshitting and giving them the opportunity to actually smoke, you know, a decent cigar instead of, yeah. a, instead of a Philly or Swisher or, um, <laughs> I, I have to say like the, the response is generally pretty positive. Someone who probably wouldn't have reached out to, uh, you know, or went out of their way to try premium cigars yeah. and walking away with, yeah, you, you know, I'll do that again for sure. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. you know, like and that, you know, it kind of helps get rid of the, uh, the, the, the snobby cigar smoker stereotype that, that is out there, you know, um, and kind of, you know, I mean, it, it's doing just fine coming back into the mainstream as it is. But oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, if, if I could help that process, then then great. I have a lot of friends that smoke them. Well, so you've got a. Let's see. You said you're about an hour and a half out of Philly. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with uh, Yardley? No. Yardley's just outside of Philly, and uh, that's where Flatbed Cigar Company is. Okay. Um. Well, I know where Yardley is. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, uh, Paul Bush. Paul Bush has a uh, uh, flatbed cigar company out there. So, uh, yeah, you, you've got you've got a boutique brand not too far from you. So okay, definitely have to check that out. So, uh, and their factories right there. Uh, no, no, his factory like he uses factory in the Dominican. Okay, so uh, he's. Um, most most of the boutiques and whatnot uh, are are out of Nicaragua now. Uh, okay. He's, wow. he's he's stuck with uh, he's stuck with Dominican, so um, you know he he's got good stuff. So. So what makes a great cigar? Uh, it depends on who you ask, really. But I mean, the basics are the construction. Uh, if, if you don't have good construction, it's not going to burn well. It's not going to draw well. Um, and then obviously the blend of the tobacco, um, that's, that's gotta be most of it because you have the, the binder, the filler and the wrapper and, you know, getting, getting those, getting the blend to taste the way that you want it has got to be, you know, quite the difficult process. Yeah. You know, definitely a, a, a time consuming process for sure. So, um, but yeah, mainly if you don't have good construction, you're not going to have a good cigar. So that's, that's probably going to be you know, close to number one there. And then obviously the blend. So, um, you know, the quality of the tobacco, obviously, but I, I think most of it's going to boil down to construction and, uh, what's inside, uh, the, the fillers, like the, if it's, if it's a long filler or if it's a short filler. So, uh, like the, like this cigar, yeah. uh, it's, it's basically, it's basically going to be, uh, you know, the, the bunch of leaves is going to run the length of the cigar. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, some people like I'm, I'm one of those fools that'll sit here and try to keep the ash on as long as I can until it falls on my, 
well, I, I would say lap, but I've got the belly back now. So I'm to my belly. And, um, you know, that's, you know, some people will say that that's a sign of uh, good construction because if it's rolled well and it's a nice long filler, then the ash is going to hold on longer. So, okay. Well, is this, uh, that's a good ash, right? Yeah. 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 So, but uh, yeah, and then when it comes to flavor profiles, I mean, everybody has their own palate. So especially at, when you're starting off, you're, you're not going to taste uh, as many of the nuances. Uh, you, know, kind, you know, the same with coffee. Um, for the most part with me, like I, I, I do have to say, like when I, when I had uh, the, the weekend pass, yeah. um, I think that was like the first time I was able to like pick out like just, well, just a, a lot of nuttiness. But right. there was a, uh, like to me, there was uh, there was quite a bit of caramel that I picked up on that, but I'm not sure if that that could have been like the the rum or coconut profile that I was. That mixing was uh, yeah, that was the rum and coconut profile of it. Yep. Yeah, but um, you know, that's my brain told me you know the nuttiness and like you know it, it might not have been the weekend pass that I got the caramel on because I tried I tried a lot of the 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 blends the the roast I should say. Um, you know, you guys, you guys sent me a pretty healthy helping and, uh, I, I didn't try the decaf, uh, but my, <laughs> I think we're just going to stop sending that out. <laughs> well, no, that's, uh, my, my mom was in town and she only drinks decaf. So I had her try it out. Oh, that's good. And, uh, you know, I got good feedback from her. So, um, I can't say for myself if it was any good or not, but uh, I, I'll be honest. I have never had decaf. I'm not one to, uh, even if I drink a cup of coffee, now, I won't have a fourth quarter strong at like seven o'clock at night, but I'll drink, you know, my weekend pass at seven or, you know, something like that. And I'll still fall asleep when, you know, when I'm ready. Yeah. That's, you mentioned earlier about, uh, your fourth quarter strong. You don't get the shakes from it or anything. Um, I definitely did the first time that I drank it because oh, I, I, I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have much for breakfast and I ended up having like two and a half cups or something. Oh my God, and, dude. Uh, it was just like, I was, yeah, Your I was, heart was going, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but after that, after that, I knew to tread lightly and, you know, you know, keep it calm with, with that. And, um, you know, I didn't have that problem again. So, oh my gosh, no, I've never, I've never done that. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's, I mean, when, when I go to work in the morning, I, you know, to, well, this thing, it's a, it's a 20. Yeah, ounce. you're cool. Um, you know, so that's just, oh, that, that's what, two and a half cups, 20 ounces. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I was, uh, zinging. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. To say the least. So, but yeah, like I, I, I told you, uh, you guys had me made the, made the, uh, make the, uh, video. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it was fun for me. Uh, the, excuse me. Um, yeah, like the the one you know, I mentioned the the morning run with a with a milder cigar, the the medium to mild cigar. Yep. Um, and then the, you know either the drill instructor or the fourth quarter with uh, with a nice bold cigar is is generally what I go for. But um, yeah, your your video uh, we're saving that one because we you, you see we post each week and yours is is pretty awesome where you do the whole um go with each name and that was pretty awesome thanks yeah that's i i know you guys asked for non-scripted but like i said I, I was just having fun with it and uh like i i don't know how the hell i came up with that because i'm usually not that creative so. well it was very fucking creative <laughs> it was pretty awesome when i got that i was like that's, that's pretty that's pretty solid so. I, i'm glad so yeah 
<laughs> yeah, Amanda's wondering if that was on the fourth quarter strong day. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I think I was drinking uh, Weekend Pass at the time. Well, there you go. Yeah. You felt like you were in the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, uh, let's see. Let's get back to uh, your background. Um, so, obviously, you're doing this uh, to give back to the vets and whatnot, but you are a veteran yourself. I am. So, and you were Air Force? I was, I was. Don't everyone laugh. No one laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, and I break well, everyone. I'll, I'll say, you know, my my cousin, my cousin's a Marine, and uh, you know, he took a shot, but you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I get it all the time. It's all yeah. right. Um, it was one of the funniest stories in, in our tech school because um, we would train uh, Marines in the security police because um, it's all basically the same. So. Uh, we would have, we had Marines at our base training and listen, I love the Marines, you know, gung ho motherfuckers, you know, badass and, uh, not saying we weren't, you know, but yeah, the way, you know, we were trained completely different. And <laughs> the one Sergeant, the one Marine, you know, made a comment and the Sergeant said, why the fuck do I want to go charge that hill when I can shoot you from X amount of meters away, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and the Marines like, yeah, because that's what we do, you know, we go kick ass, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was funny to listen to watch them banter back and forth. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, I was stationed out in Great Falls, Montana, um, <laughs> missile security. So we babysat the nuclear missiles, uh, that are all over the place out there. All right. That's, uh, you know, definitely sounds serious. That's for sure. Well, you know, some people didn't like us, uh, you know, occasionally we would, because they're they're positioned in you know random places all over the state and and uh you know up in the northwest and uh so we had we had ranchers that that weren't happy uh and every every once in a while you hear a gunshot or something like you know a warning shot you wow know? um but it was it was a great time i loved it i listen i you know, that's probably the one thing, you know, uh, I never regret any of my, you know, things that I've done in life or whatever. I'm not that type of person, but I miss the military. Um, now given that's another thing, like I tell people right up front, um, I was, I wasn't a wartime vet. So, you know, I can't even remotely, um, compare myself or anything like that to as a veteran comparative to people that served, um, you know, during the wars, the recent wars that we've had and what the fuck they went through. I mean, I was complete puss compared to that. Um, you know, cause we didn't have that, you know, yeah. now given I, I wanted to be a lifer, uh, in the air force, um, due to a knee injury, you know, I wasn't given that opportunity anymore, but you know, for sure the amount of respect that I have for the vets, um, and you know, to this day, to the, the active duty military, I think people don't understand, um, what it's like being them and, you know, the, you know, being away from your, your family for six months, a year, you know, fuck, even if you're not in wartime, and you just have to, you know, you got to do your deployment. And even if you're safe over there, uh, which a lot of times, even to this day, you were not, but you know, you're away from your family. Yeah. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I, you know, uh, my, my other cousin, who's also a Marine, um, you know, I see, uh, I definitely see some of the negative effects in him because I mean, he did, he did a couple tours over overseas and, um, you know, he, he was a, a tank driver. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, he's, 
he's definitely got his challenges. So absolutely, and you know, and that's what a, a lot of people and and you know, and that's unfortunately as a society, that's just what we're we've always been told. I remember even when my dad was in the army, you know, uh, back in, in you know in the sixties and seventies and all that, that if you weren't, you know, if you had to go in the military, you basically were a complete screw up. Yeah. Uh, and even to this day, I mean, it's still the mindset of people like, oh, well, if you're going in the military, you couldn't get into college or you couldn't do this. And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe they just have the patriotism. Maybe they really want to, you know, um, I, that's what brought me into the military. One, my head was up my ass. My dad was like, hey, you're going to, you need to, you know, do something more than being a bouncer at the bar. Um, yeah. But once I got in there, it was like, I freaking love this. Um, I love the regiment. Now, I, when, I will say it was a little different from basic training and tech school going to my station, my duty station, because then you got to see the real military and, and you know, its flaws and stuff. But I still love the regiment and everything that went with it. Yeah. I have, I have friends that are, that are still in and, and, you know, seeing him as a chief master sergeant and, you know, and to this day, like I call him chief, you know, he's like, and, and so my nickname is Gina in high school and he's like, Gina, it's just, you know, it's just Phil. And I'm like, yeah. no, fuck that. I was an airman. You're a chief. Like, Hey, yeah, chief, yeah. how you doing? You know? Um, so you just still, you constantly build that respect. Um, and as I said earlier, like you, you were saying, um, you know, about your, your family, I mean, people can't fathom they literally just can't fucking fathom mentally putting yourself in that position yeah and kids you know yeah. their kids fucking doing it exactly and um you know and to not get the respect when they get the fuck back home oh man it just chaps my ass yeah but yeah that's uh you know you mentioned like the you know you had to be a fuck up to go um you know that's you know you had the stigma of if if you were a shithead you know, if you need to get your life together, you need to go, you need to go join the service the and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I think, you know, I think a lot of that changed probably with, uh, September 11th for sure. You know, going from, going from the, uh, all right, you're a shithead. Uh, you got to go to the military to that patriotic aspect. Like you were saying, you know, now, yeah. now more and more people are going for patriotic reasons yep. instead of just getting your shit together. Absolutely. And then when you get into wartime, and then the patriotism and then what was happening, you know, the, what people don't understand on that is then the family and what they're, and what they're going through, um, you know, a, a father and mother, sisters and brothers, you know, um, you know, like you and I right now, like we come and go as we please. I mean, you know, sure. Could we walk outside and get hit by a fucking bus? Absolutely. But you know, these young men and women, and these badasses are over there. Like they know going on patrol, like there's a fucking probability that something could happen. You know, yeah. there's, there's statistics, you know, uh, you know, put on that. And, um, you know, I think that's like it, with tattered beans, that's probably one of the things that, you know, I try to work with, with these vets and that with is understanding how respected that they, you know, should be. And, um, and I think that just comes with education. And, um, seeing that regular people, you know, can respect it. And there's, I'm not saying that there's people that aren't there that don't respect it. I think it's just out of sight, out of mind. 
Yeah. Unfortunately. And then we don't see and, and here's the thing I think that bothers me the most is that there's so many levels of the military that, you know, only one particular uh, side of things get a lot of the press. It's either shitty VA stuff, which it needs because, I mean, that needs fixed. Yeah. But then it's a lot of the special ops and stuff like that. And um, what ends up happening is people then forget about the tank driver or, you know, the, the, the guy that, you know, the mechanic that was on the road, but he's not special ops or the yeah. Marine that are, you know, crashing into fucking buildings and shit like that, that aren't special ops. And so we're actually doing a, a docu-series based on these, um, these individuals. So how long have you been working on the docu-series? So we're just putting it, um, I just closed uh, where the format that we're going to be able to put it on. And uh, we're going to start filming here in October. We're just now uh, lining up all of our vets um, to get it. We have 23 vets that we'll, we'll be working with on uh, season one. Awesome. Okay, so yeah. this is this is going to be a, a multi-season, yes. ho- hopefully, hopefully a multi-season uh, uh, deal. Well, we've got two. We've got two guaranteed. So as long as we don't shit to bed, we should get more. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, you know, that's the biggest thing is, is we're bringing the reality of regular individuals, um, to it. Now we do have, we will have some special ops guys in it. And again, they're a complete different level of, of military. I mean, fuck man, these guys are, you know, some of the, are the badass in the world. Well, that's just, just looking at somebody like, uh, Pat McNamara, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him at all, but he was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and he was 22 years special ops. And now he does uh, like tactical training and whatnot. Yeah. Um, just, just watching this guy is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah, definitely a different breed of person for sure. Yeah. And you know, and, 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 and you know, for him being that way, you know, fucking kudos. But like I said, and what we're going to showcase is a lot of the, vets that weren't at that level yeah you know um who again you know as a society um you know he gets out and he has that ability to really go and do a whole secondary career you know yeah but what about the tank driver yeah well you can't drive a fucking tank when you get out yeah exactly what's he gonna do yeah. You know, he doesn't have the special forces behind his name so that he can go write a book that he can, um, you know, go and start a tactical company or, you know, something like that. It's a little different. So we want to showcase, um, you know, the ups and downs and the successes and the failures of what, you know, those individuals have gone through. Cause I think a lot of the times they get overlooked. Well, I'm not going to say a lot of times, almost all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, yeah. They get, they get overlooked and, um, I'm always about giving back to, you know, the, the little guy. Um, you know, that's how I got started. I had somebody that, that believed in me and gave me my ability to uh, get to my successful uh, level um, with putting in sweat equity. You know, he saw that, you know, I had a great work ethic and, and that individual uh, at that point in time had more money than me. So he partnered with me and said, I expect you to make me a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, I put in the fucking time and the effort. And so, you know, through this, 
I want to showcase those, those same individuals. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see why not. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely a better way to, uh, I, I guess not necessarily a better way, uh, a, definitely a different perspective than, than what's normally portrayed for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and it is, and, and I'm not saying, and, and again, sometimes I might come off a little dickheadish, but I just think it's, we're, we are, we're tunneled vision sometimes with stuff and what is, um, you know, what's put in front of us and Hollywood does, you know, you can movie after movie after movie is a certain type and scenario. And again, there's a whole lot of people behind the scenes, you know, I'm going to give you an, I'm going to give you an example. We were, we were picking up our uh, single serve pods and at a company that, that does them. And this truck driver was looking at my Jeep. I have a jacked up Jeep and all this and that. And he's like, wow, it's really nice, you know, and this and that. And I walked up to him and I shook his hand. I said, you know, Hey, thanks for what you do. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, thanks for what you do. He goes, what did I do? I said, well, you're a fucking truck driver, dude. I'm like, if it wasn't for you, I couldn't have gotten my coffee here, my boxes here. I couldn't have got the, I couldn't have got the plastics, you know, serving cups. I couldn't have got the fucking lids. You know, this factory couldn't have gotten the boxes, couldn't have gotten the fuel, couldn't have gotten, you want me to keep going? Well, that's, you know, even, you know, he, he commented on your Jeep, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get the parts for your Jeep that you, that you put on there, you know? Right. And you know what was fucking, you know, what was, you know, what was really sucked? is he shook my hand and he said, thank you for recognizing that. He goes, I've never heard that. What yeah. a fucking shame. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And this guy was late sixties. Yeah. Fucking shame. Probably doing it for a long time too. Yep. So, and that's because we as a society take things so fucking for granted that we forget all the moving parts that make shit happen. Well, the only the only side of the trucking that we see is uh, this, this fucking truck just cut me off. This son of a bitch, you know. Yeah. He, he's right. He's riding in the left lane longer than he should, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, unless you spend a lot of time on the highway, you you don't really realize that, you yeah. know. Uh, that's I I was that person for a long time when I was younger, and then uh, when when I started, you know, when when I was uh, delivering, it was like made me realize like, all right. They're, they're just trying to get their job done too, you know, and then, yeah. and then seeing it from the warehouse perspective, you know, yeah. it's, um, yeah, sure. You're, you're going to run across some assholes, but you're going to run across assholes no matter what you do, where you're at. So exactly. But you know, to, to, to constantly give thanks, um, to other people is really where this, uh, docuseries is, is going. That's awesome. So that's, that's what we're shooting for. Do you have a, a time frame on that or no? So once we start shooting October, we're going to, we'll do, um, two shoots, uh, well, one shoot a week. Um, we hope to have probably the first episode ready sometime by, you know, uh, first quarter of 2020. Right on. Put out there. And then from there, from that platform, uh, we have it all, we have it guaranteed through one platform, but once you get it done, because uh, I'm investing in it, once I get it done, um, I can shop it to other platforms however I want. Right on. Yep. And then what we'll do is we'll work something out somehow that 
the people within the, the um, will get producer credits or something um, so that they can make some back end money off of it. Right on. So is there a name for it yet or? Uh, there is, but I, I can't, I can't give that one out. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to uh, do this again when, um, when you could share more information on that for sure. Well, what, what I, what I definitely plan on, on having is, uh, everyone that we've worked with and all of our allies and, and, uh, you know, that we've, uh, done shows with or whatever, we'll have like a pre-launch party and all that. Right. So on. We'll do it big. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be pretty cool because, definitely. you know, listen, it's, it's, it's people like you that are giving me the platform to go out and, um, do what I want to do. Um, and, and ultimately give back as much as we can to the vets, active duty and, and first responders. Yeah. Cause listen, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit who, what, what people say, there's a fucking pay gap. I was in the military and even when I was back there <laughs> comparative to now, there's still a pay gap. Yeah. Um, and for what, um, <clears throat> first responders, you know, do like teachers, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of professions out there that, you know, you make a certain amount of money and it might be a salary position because uh, a lot of times it is and you might get some overtime and stuff, but they do a lot more above and beyond uh, to that. Well, so. that's, I, I worked for a private, a private ambulance service for about five years. Okay. Um, so yeah, I could definitely attest to the fact that, uh, you know, the pay sucked. Uh, if you did, you know, for the most part, uh, you, you had to work overtime to, to make ends meet. Uh, well, if, what, what EMTs if, make what, like 13 bucks an hour. Oh shit, dude. I, when I left, I think I was making 1161 and that was after five years. Are you, see, and then people want, and, and, okay. Now, now keep, now keep in mind, keep in mind that that's a private company where, uh, the, basically the average for a basic EMT was about 10 bucks an hour. Now for a municipality, you're going to make a little bit more, but yes, they're, they're still underpaid. Like an episode that I haven't released yet. I, I talked to a friend of mine who is a police officer in Gary and now in Highland, Indiana. Yeah. And you know, he's talk, he was telling me about uh, pe- people on the police force that were going to work at the mill because you know, they just couldn't yeah. make it work, you know? Exactly. It, and it's sad when you have somebody in that profession that has to quit doing that and go work at the mill. Yep. To, to have a better life. And listen, I'm not saying that, you know, but let me re- rephrase that. What I am going to say is with tattered beams, when they get, when they make, they register and make their profile online, what they're getting is the ability to not have to go and do anything extra. They can go and just work, uh, work their job and post their link online and, tell their friends at the, at the shop, like, Hey, you know, buy under my link and, and make money on it. Um, they don't have to, again, buy any coffee. They don't have to purchase so much a month. They don't have to sell so much a month. Um, if they want to really supplement their income, then, you know, we're giving them that ability to do that, um, with zero, uh, investment. Yeah. And that's, you, you added the, uh, the first responders and police and fire and whatnot, uh, yep. about what, two months ago. Oh no, we've only been, yeah, about a month. Cause we've only been actually open for like going on three months. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, yeah we when, just hit two, we just hit two months. Okay. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, like when I seen that you added, when you added them, I was like, well, that's, that's pretty fucking awesome. Cause I mean, you know, you, you really, you really open up the, the selection there because I mean, yeah, most people know a veteran, 
Uh, but you know, everybody knows at least a, a veteran police, fire, EMS, you know, somebody in one of those fields. Yeah. So. The biggest, and, and let me be honest again. So the biggest, the biggest issue that we're having is getting people to put their profiles online. Yeah. Because they don't want people to feel as if, you know, again, the, for me, the word donation is sort of very dirty word. Yeah. Because no one wants to sit there and say they need help or, you know, man, my, you know, I'm hurting this month or anything like that. So we've really tried to push like, hey, we're, you know, if you really want to look at this as a secondary income, we're much like a multi-level marketing just without all the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not asking you to buy so much saran wrap and wrap it around your belly and sell it to all your friends and you know, look like a fool. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're not about that. We're about, we're selling something that we know people drink. We know it tastes good and you can make money off of it. Simple and, as that. And you've got the variety for everybody. Yes. You know, that's like I said, I think I, I tried out, uh, probably at least six different roasts yeah. and you know, that like it definitely something for everybody there. So, uh, most people drink coffee and, uh, if they, if they know what they like, they're going to find something in your line that, that they could. Yeah. And, and the price, the price is good. I mean, you're, you're going to spend probably at least the same amount of money, if not more at Starbucks. And that's, oh, for sure. you know, that's, <laughs> that's uh, coffee. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I'll, I'll admit I'm, I'm a Starbucks whore most of the time, but that's uh, yeah. Uh, black. I, I drink black coffee in the morning or if I'm working midnights, I drink black coffee before I go to work on midnight. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I could be a Starbucks whore and get, get myself a, a, a Frappuccino or, you know, something like that every once in a while. But with that, you're not, you're not really tasting the coffee you're tasting everything else that's in it. So. Um, well, too. And, you know, I think for us, it's funny cause I had made a, I had made a comment. Could you imagine if Starbucks would take my platform and would fucking run with it? Oh, no shit. How much they could, you know, they would still make money, but how much they would give back to that. Exactly. Oh yeah. But fuck, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him do it. Um, you know, it, it, it again, it, you have to, and, and somebody asked me that, like, well, aren't you worried about, you know, someone copying this? And I said, fuck, I hope they do. Yeah, really? Because if they do, then my platform's working and people who deserve money back is actually getting money back. Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, there's a lot of awesome companies out there doing some really fucking cool stuff for vets and shit like that. So kudos to them. But I will always say this in every fucking interview. The last time I looked, I can't go down to the fucking gas station and say, Oh, Hey, I got a free t-shirt. Can I fill it? I'll trade you this t-shirt for fucking gas. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. But if they sold, you know, five bags of coffee, that's 20 bucks. That's yeah. 20 bucks that they're going to fucking make. Now you take that 20 bucks and you go down there and you, you, you fucking put gas in your car. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you take your wife out to fucking dinner that, you know, um, that's what I'm talking about is the, the, the ability to, um, actually spend what you're getting. Yeah. So like, I, I just had a, a random thought, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that, that fake it and whatnot, but you have like disabled vets and whatnot that are in need and they're on the side of the highway. Um, like, do you have any, That's any, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's being able to tell the difference is, is really tough, right. but, yeah. um, you know, do you have any, uh, any cards or anything that, you know, in that case you could give somebody a card and say, Hey, uh-huh. sign up here and you could possibly get some supplemented income. Yeah, um, we do. I mean, we keep, I, I mean, I know I do. Um, I keep our cards in, in my, in my vehicle. Um, I give them out a lot. Um, you know, people love the, here's the toughest part, Brian, is that it's always an out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know, so until we become a brand and we're getting there, um, and a brand name, then we will be mentioned like Starbucks. Yeah. And, and the difference is, is that we have a mission. So it's, it's getting that mission out there to more people, more people talk about it, coffee companies. Um, I'll never break anybody's balls. Because, you know, one, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so anybody that's out there, um, you know, kicking ass with it, you know, that's awesome. Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm about. Yeah, but that's, not, you know, I, I'm just thinking like if, uh, if we give those cards to, to somebody on the side of the highway, you know, most of the time they're probably just going to toss it because it's not a dollar bill, you know, but... I lost you for a second. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, so the, you know, so those individual companies, fucking a man, they, there are some really good ones doing a lot of great things, uh, for vets, whether it's, you know, maybe, uh, having a, a horse riding session or, you know, maybe taking them shooting or doing something, you know, uh, fishing, you know, that's great because they're still giving back. They're still doing something within their company to be able to give back. So, uh, I'm glad you brought that up cause I, I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but you know, you brought that up and my uncle actually just started a, uh, a kayak fishing. I, I guess I could call it a business. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm sending him a message right now so that I could get, get the name of it. But you know, he's doing the same thing, giving back to vets. He was a, he was a Navy CB. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, him and his wife just moved to Florida and he started a, a kayak fishing deal where he takes, you know, vets of all types out fishing and, you know, just through, like he's, he's already got a couple, he's only been doing it for a couple of months and he's already got a, a few like just awesome stories where uh, people with severe PTSD yep. who have never talked about anything when they're out on the kayak fishing, you know, he's, you know, th- these people open up and they yep. talk about it and, you know, it's, um, too early to tell, but I mean, it's, uh, probably life-saving in some cases. I think you, well, you're right. I mean, that's the, and that's awesome that he's doing that. So cer- certainly send us his information so we can, you know, we can work with him and, uh, get him on our allies page and stuff like that, because as much as many things that we can help vets with, um, is what, you know, the platform that we're really trying to, to build. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it's a uh, can do kayak adventures is, okay. is, is the name of it. And, um, he's out of, uh, Apollo beach, okay. Florida. So we'll tell him congratulations and thank you. Oh, absolutely. So, but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it sounds like he's got some, some pretty cool stories so far and you know, he's just a couple months in and again, it's, uh, you know, giving back to, to people that, that need it. Yeah. Um, so, 
And that's the way he's able to do it. And that's why, you know, um, I think it's awesome for every single company that's out there that's, you know, um, doing stuff uh, to help benefit, you know, these, these men and women is, you know, awesome. It's, yeah. It speaks volumes of their character. Um, you know, that's the, because there's one fucking thing I hate, man. And, and that's, you know, piggybacking off the, the backs of these, you know, Oh, I'm better known. And, you know, so buy from me. Well, what the fuck are you doing to give back? Yeah. And that's one thing that stuck out with your, uh, bearded idiots, uh, episode was, uh, I think it was Curtis that said, you know, we, we, we really looked into you because there's a lot of companies out there that just tug on the heartstrings of, you know, help the vets. Yeah. But, but in reality, they're really doing next to nothing. <laughs> Fucking right. They are. Yeah. I hear you there. And that's unfortunate, but you know, I think that's the, oh, uh, well, <laughs> remember the, uh, who, oh, Gillette. I think it was Gillette. Remember when they, they broke all the, the male's balls. Yeah. You know? And, uh, then after they got their ball, their ball broke, what is the first thing that they went after? Exactly. What was the next fucking commercial? Exactly. That? Yep. Because what, what you're going to break their, you know, you're going to say something about them, you know, now with the vets. Yeah. You know? Well, in their case, well, hell yeah, because you went from one extreme to the next. Yeah. You went to demasculating us to all of a sudden you're going to go to the strongest, you know, side of things to now, you know, build things back up because you just tore everything down that you did. Yeah, and that's, you know, it, it's it's shame and marketing. Yep. You know, so. Just fucking be real. That's all I say. You know, I'm not, I'm, as I said earlier in the in the show, is that no one will ever be able to break my balls. Yeah. That I didn't give back more than whatever came in. Exactly. And no one. I don't no, give a fuck who you are. I can be a dickhead. In other in other arenas for sure, but at least in this one, you will never be able to break my balls. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a good thing. You know, definitely definitely commendable. So, well, thank you. Uh, so, how are uh, Stephen and Amanda enjoying the cigars? I'm done. I just finished mine. It was good. Yeah, they just they loved it. First cigar I had in a while. I liked it. Right on. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're gonna be doing some pretty awesome. So Stephen just just came to us. Um, and he loves the mission. This fucking kid is his, his video skills and photography skills are like fucking up here. Yeah. So we're going to be doing, I'm really excited. We're going to be doing some really cool fucking stuff. Um, and you know, and again, you know, I circle myself with people who believe in what we're doing. Um, cause they have to, you know, because it's, it's going to, you know, this is an unforgiving, um, uh, situation in a lot of cases. And so you have to really want to be a part of it. You want to really have to see the vision in that what you're doing is actually helping people. And so you always have to be able to put yourself second. Um, and the, the circle that I'm building is quality with that. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned you had a, Another coffee business before this. How long have you been doing coffee? Four years. Yeah, about three and a half, four years. Yeah. Yep. So yep. why why did you get started in coffee? Just the the love of coffee, or? Uh no, actually, because we had the cafe, and so coffeeing 
cafes go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so we were originally buying ours from um, our food supplier, and my wife's a you know a coffee snob, so um, she's like, yeah, this sucks. So at that point, um, my partner and I in that business, we we're like, oh, let's do some research. Uh, we were located in Harrisburg, uh, PA. And so we went to some of the local, uh, roasters right around there that actually roasted their own. Uh, our whole objective was like, we want to, we want to co co package, um, our own, you know, uh, brand, you know, using your roast. Um, a lot of them were like, no, you know, or they couldn't keep up with what we were asking for them to be able to do. Um, so that prior to us being in the coffee business took us just about two years to find our roaster, as I was saying. And, yeah. uh, so after multiple interviews, uh, taste tests for my wife, um, you know, cause I was used to black coffee, diner coffee. So I didn't fucking yeah. know. I didn't know what tastes good. I always knew that the Starbucks was burnt. Um, I could always tell you that, but, um, I just, I wasn't, you know, uh, what she was. And so at that point, once we dialed that in, we were like, this is fucking great. So then yeah. we, then we went, uh, so we were doing ours for just technically our cafes and then so many people started buying it. And then I didn't want to, I didn't want to compete retail wise. Again, for me, uh, when I start businesses, you know, I, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I'll look to see what other people are doing and what they're, what I would think they're doing wrong and uh, reinvent it to fit what my needs are. And so I went to Amanda who at that point had been with me for years and said, I want to start doing fundraising, you know, and, and here's why. Cause I was being selfish because, you know, I had daughters who played sports and did different things and they were constantly always fundraising. And I, honest to God, I got sick of soft pretzels, subs, candy, you know, shit like that. So it's like, you know, because I always sat and listened to those guys bitch on how little money that they made off of this one fundraiser. So we had to do like 13 fundraisers, like every single month we were doing a fundraiser. Yeah. So I went to Amanda and said, okay, how, you know, if we, if we're buying a coffee at this, if we raise the, the rate here, we could do this fundraiser and give those guys that money. And that would be four times what I'm doing in candy bars. And it's something completely different. And then, so Amanda being Amanda, she goes and knocks it the fuck out of the park. And next thing you know, like central PA, you know, we're the coffee, the uh, fundraising coffee company. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I didn't have to compete with anybody from a retail standpoint. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was a win-win scenario for us. I mean, it sucked that I got cancer and we, we ended up shutting down, but I mean, the, the silver lining in it is that Tattered Beans was started because of it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I completely forgot to ask about that. Uh, what, what kind of cancer? Uh, well, I was lucky enough to have multiple kinds. <laughs> oh. so, uh, <laughs> it started off as a mole on my left shoulder, what we thought was a mole. Um, and, and my wife's a nurse, so, you know, um, She's always been our foundation with that. And um, so it wasn't like I wasn't like I was trying to be this male ego, tough guy. And, you know, I was like, no, this is like, I should go get this check. She goes, yeah, you know, let's go. And, and the uh, doctor was like, no, no, it's fine. It's this type of mole. And so that was year one, year two, like, Hey, it's getting a little bigger. You know, what do you think? And, Oh no, it's this type of mole. 
well, year three comes around and finally she's like, well, stop going to the, the, the smaller local center. Let's go to the main med center. Yeah. You know, the same, you know, the doctors there is like, no, it's this type of mole. And I looked right at the kid and I said, dude, I paid 25 bucks to get in here. You're cutting it off my fucking body. <laughs> I said it just like that. Yeah. And he's like, well, let me get the attending. And, you know, so they shaved it off and, couple weeks later they called and you know, I'm sitting there at the office and everyone's in, in the, in the office. And, and my wife was at the hospital and they have like their own prefix and I saw the prefix. So I just thought it was her. So I was like, yo, what's up? And, uh, <laughs> it was this doctor and he's like, ah, oh, can I speak with, you know, Jason Jean? And I'm like, well, this is, and he's like, oh, this is Dr. So-and-so. And, and I, you know, I apologize that, you know, I should have called you earlier about your results and me, I just, you know, I'm somewhat of a smart ass. And I just like, what? I got cancer. <laughs> and it was like fucking crickets. Mm. He's like, yeah. And I was like, wait, are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So he started explaining it to me. It was a Leo sarcoma that was in my left shoulder. Um, so while I'm sitting there, I text my wife. I'm like, yeah, I have cancer. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> um, you know, so I got a phone call shortly after, you know, so then she hurry and try calling. I'm like, you know, I'm on the phone with the doctor right now. And, and, uh, so from there I went in for my test. And at that point, um, a couple other hotspots, um, they're called a PET scan, uh, came up on my, um, kidney and my, uh, thyroid. So the thyroid tested, uh, positive for cancer. Um, they ended up taking, and I think, a, uh, I think I had a, uh, like a two inch, like a golf ball size tumor on my kidney. Um, so they took a, a portion of my kidney out. Um, that luckily, uh, was not cancerous, but they, um, through the thyroid, they found that four of my seven lymph nodes, um, were cancerous and one was stage three. So, um, due to that, um, I still have cancer, um, because, uh, my dad died of uh, stomach cancer. So the, um, it's normal that you have margins, uh, with your thyroid cancer, you know, so everyone just, you know, they're like, Oh, take this iodine pill, you know, type of thing. Unfortunately, due to some of the side effects of that could, uh, endanger me of having a, a more severe type of cancer that could come off of that. So, um, you know, speaking with my wife and that, it's just like, I think it's just better for me to live with cancer and see, uh, what will come next and then fight it you know, in, in round two, I guess you could say, uh -huh. um, you know, so, you know, it's a, you know, it's all life is a perspective. So it, it's funny when everyone says, you know, how are you doing? The first thing out of my mouth is like, I'm still above ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's all these fuckers on the internet sitting there saying, ah, oh, life's a perspective. Listen, motherfucker, I fell 22 feet. I should be dead. I should already be dead once. No. Uh, and so here's the second time that, you know, I'm, I'm fighting shit and, and, uh, life is perspective. So, you know, the, the, the minute you can open your eyes and put your feet on the fucking ground, life's good. Yeah. So you, know? you, you fell 22 feet. I did. Yeah. I fell 22 feet, broke myself in half, had a spinal cord injury. Uh, I'm held together with a steel plate in my pelvis. Jeez. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh falling from heights is definitely, um, well, it's definitely on my mind all the time at work because i'm a i'm a crane operator i'm a cab crane operator oh, so shit. yeah dude um you know, I'm, 40, I'm, I'm 40 feet in the air uh i don't think i would be quite as lucky if i if i ended up having a tumble so well it was i was just telling amanda this morning um about it was 
because it was funny because when when I had it after my surgeries and all that, I had a doctor's appointment and um, the the PA was sitting there. Uh, the physician assistant was a young young girl, really super nice, but she like looked at me like all serious and she goes, "Are you okay?" Like all soft and at and, like I looked to my left and I'm like, "What you mean like?" my pain now or what do you mean? Like, okay. You know, and, yeah, yeah. You know, cause I'm like, I, I don't have any pain. And she goes, no, like with your, I'm reading through your, your, uh, your file and you've had seven knee surgeries. You've fallen, you've torn bicep, you've, you know, you've got cancer, you've all these things. Like, are you okay? Asking this off, uh, like I'm depressed or anything. And I'm like, yeah. and I gave her the same line. I'm like, no dude, like I'm above ground. Life is good. And I gave her the scenario. I said, the way I look at life is very simple. I said, you know, our daughter was born and uh, with two holes in her heart and renal vein thrombosis. So as my wife and I were, were kids having a child and um, it was very hard to be in that NICU and see parents circled around the bed saying goodbye to their baby and knowing that we're going to be able to take our daughter home and they're not. And I yeah. gave that, that doctor the same scenario. I said, as we're talking right now, there's a family circled around a bed saying goodbye to somebody. And I said, they're a hell of a lot worse off than I am. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully I didn't fucking bring your show down to a downer. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Mr. Fucking Downer over here. In Lancaster. Oh, this is, I mean, uh, from, from my last episode, this is definitely uh definitely a little bit different. Uh, my last episode, I had a, a couple of swingers on, uh, they're from, uh, they, they have a podcast. It's called, uh, the Priory Society. And, um, it was quite the entertaining episode for sure. Uh, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're a great couple. They're, you know, uh, their, their, their show is very entertaining. But, oh my God. <laughs> learned, learned quite a bit about the, the lifestyle. If you, know. oh, yeah, I uh, bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, a, a, after that my wife asked me so so are you uh convinced you want to be a swinger now i said no and, uh, i was like well I, I didn't know if you'd find it intriguing i was like oh I, i'm intrigued but it's not, intriguing as fuck yeah but, but not in the hey honey we should try this intrigued you know oh god so, yeah it was, it was interesting for sure yeah i bet that will have to be a whole new show whole yeah show. yeah <laughs> oh my god (laughs) that's great we'll have to have we'll have to have a different conversation oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) one one after we stop recording yeah one of those (laughs) one of those off mic ones I'm just fucking with everybody I'm just fucking with everybody So, uh, but do you do you do know supposedly if you if you if you search hard enough now some people will say it's completely full of shit and other people won't but supposedly um well the the swinger portion started over overseas um long long time ago but the word on the street is that in world war one and two that the pilots would exchange each other's wives um, yeah. in case they didn't come back and, and this and that. So yeah, we, we had a very dirty name of swingers. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we definitely talked about that in, yeah. in that episode. So yeah. yeah. Not saying I know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just do a lot of reading. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, <laughs> now you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> open up a start. open up a whole nother uh, whole nother side of this conversation. So. Oh shit! Now you need some fourth quarter strong to keep you keep you awake and go. Yeah, really. So um, let's see. Uh, you don't uh, do you ever uh, go to any cigar lounges or anything, or is it just uh, kind of random? Sure. You know, here's the funny thing. <laughs> um, down in Hollywood, Florida, um, there was a mar- martini bar. Oh, shit. This was back in 2008, 2009. But they had a cigar lounge in the back. And um, I was doing some business with him for uh, a festival that I was doing. And um, had he had entertained um, us there uh, during our meeting. And it was pretty cool. I have friends that um, go to different uh, bar, uh, cigar bar um, down in uh, Williamsport, PA. All right. One of my close friends, uh, Scott Yeagle, he is uh, he's a huge uh, cigar connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah, huge. That's so. You're you're an hour and a half out of Philly. How far away are you from Pittsburgh? Oh fuck, that's a dip. That yeah. we're four we're four and a half hours. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll I'll be in Pittsburgh the end of September for uh for a cigar event fuck so. i don't mind driving no all right That's hop, all. In the, hop in the car and drive on over yeah i'll definitely keep you posted for sure yeah then. please do yeah absolutely that'd be pretty cool so i love you know that i love the the meeting i had we had done a podcast i, I just happened to be down in north carolina uh for my daughter and um you know, so there was a podcast that, you know, I, I went over and did a in, in-house one there. That was pretty cool. So I, I love getting the, the face-to-face and, um, you know, actually meeting, you know, who we talk to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I would definitely prefer to have people in studio. Yeah. I mean, especially with, uh, you know, what what I'm doing with my work schedule and whatnot. Like, it's yeah. um, it's definitely a lot easier to get somebody on video chat than, than having them here. So. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, Dude, this, I this, this you is you were a crane operator. Fuck. That's even that that's gotta be, you know, crazy. Sometimes that's gotta be scary as shit being up there in the, in the heights and, and, uh, everything that you've got to, to realize is it hooked right. And you know, the counterbalance. Oh my God. I couldn't even fucking imagine. Yeah. That's, I mean, the first crane that I was on, uh, cause I'm at, I'm at the uh, steel mill. Okay. And, um, the first crane I was on, uh, was pretty much all coils. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in a finishing building, so I'm okay. you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a spot you want to retire from. But, uh, the crane that I'm on now, I'm generally working around people all the time, so that's definitely. So yeah, that's definitely always on my mind. You know where where's everybody at? You know what about yeah. like? You know, so yeah, it's it could, it could be a little nerve wracking sometimes, but stressful as fuck. For for the for the most part, like overhead doesn't bother me at all it's just uh, uh on on this particular crane like i have to walk across the bridge and you know on on one side the only thing that's keeping me from falling is the the trolley of the crane itself so if uh, you know if somebody doesn't park it right then it could be you know all right i gotta make sure i hold i, I hold on now so shit but, yeah that's crazy so um, outside of the, uh, air force and coffee, uh, what did you do other than that? So I'm a serial entrepreneur. So, um, I've had my own housing developments. Um, 
you know, my kids have streets named after them. So that was, that was one of the cool things I've done. Yeah, that's um, neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that they, you know, like my brother lives in the, in the development. So I was just down there and, you know, I, I took pictures of their street names and, you know, cause it's been, oh shit, 10, uh, 2000. So it's been almost 20 years, you know, since I've done that. Um, I've owned nightclubs, um, do festivals, um, restaurants, cafes, heavy construction companies, rest, um, commercial construction, residential construction. Um, so I've just been lucky enough that, um, I saved my pennies, um, and invested in, I like to invest in people. Um, unfortunately those this past year, I've seen it kicked in the balls a lot. No. Uh, people, you know, saying they want to be a fucking entrepreneur and they'll put in the time and they'll put in the effort and then they fucking don't. And you know, then I have to close shit down. Um, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah. I guess it's a kind of a form of gambling. It is. Yeah. It is. Yep. You know, so I, I get a lot of people that DM me or message me their ideas, uh, on a daily. Um, I'm a little bit more quiet as, you know, there's a, there's some entrepreneurs out there that, you know, use the internet a lot better than I do. Um, I'm 47. Um, I don't think I'm an interesting guy. Other people think I'm fucking interesting. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a point of, you know, I just like to be, you know, behind the scenes, but the fucking internet doesn't allow you to be that, you know, so it's like, uh, um, you know, so it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm transitioning as much as I can, uh, slowly into being more out there. Um, you know, tattered beans is again, the, the nice thing is, is like tattered beans has given us the ability to do that from a mission standpoint. So we get to meet some really awesome people, both celebrities and, and, um, you know, um, non-celebrity individuals. So that's, yeah. that's been pretty interesting. But other than that, I mean, um, I, there probably isn't a business that I haven't owned, uh, or invested in. <laughs> so, uh, that's been the fun part, you know, because I've never been shy. If I didn't fucking know how to do it, I taught myself how to do it. Yeah. You know, um, I never knew how to drive truck. You know, but I, I wanted to get in the construction business and I wanted to get in the heavy equipment. So I had to fucking teach myself how to drive truck. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, so you can't be scared to lose. I mean, I've never been afraid to fall flat on my fucking face. I've been bankrupt twice. Um, I always say the third time I made my millions was the, the coolest because, you know, you just, I was able to do it three <laughs> different times. Um, but you know, when I, you know, when I tell, when I mentor small entrepreneurs, I'm like, listen, either fucking go big or go home. Yeah. You know, because here's the, the, the two things in business is that you either the business owns you or you own the business. And there's a big fucking difference. And a lot of these young entrepreneurs don't get that. Um, they don't understand what that means. And yeah. so it's either, you know, you're going to be stuck, you know, be in the kitchen all the time, you know, because the business owns you or you've got to calculate and, and do your things right so that you can own the business so that you can either, you know, build more, uh, branch out. Um, you don't have to be there all the time, you know, things like that. And the problem is, is that they don't understand it. That fucking takes time. And the worst thing, the worst thing in the world right fucking now is Instagram and, and all these platforms that, you know, these people, you know, are showing these exotic cars and this and that. And that's the hardest thing that I've had to deal with mentoring, uh, young 
business owners, it's like, you know, when, when I got my, my dream car was a Maserati. It took me 15 fucking years to get it. Yeah. Yeah. 15 years. So these, these young, these young kids, they think they're going to fucking get that in year two, year one, you know, it's like, bro, unless you're doing something that is going to put you in jail for the fast, quick buck. Yeah, maybe. But for the long haul, no, it's going to take some fucking time to build your, build your brand. And everyone yeah. thinks they have a fucking brand the minute they put it on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the toughest thing that we're trying to teach people now is to understand Instagram. Instagram's a, a, a smart fucking model for them to make money based off our fucking egos. Yeah. Because we want likes, we want followers, we want all these things. And Instagram finally said, okay, well fucking pay me for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pay me $30 to fucking boost your shit to the same fucking people that follow you anyway, sucker. Yeah, exactly. That's... And so what do they do? Oh, they become profitable. How? Off our fucking egos. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I think I, I've, I've promoted a couple of posts on Facebook, uh, like I think twice. And I was just yeah. like, well, this is, this is kind of pointless, you know? Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, we don't spend we don't spend the money on on those platforms. I would rather shake hands and kiss babies and grow organically. And again, because I'm used to it, I'm used to you know growing something over time. Yeah, comparatively. So it and and when you do that, then you can sustain future growth. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like with with this. I I love the hobby of this. Uh, I get to sit down and bullshit with people like you. Uh, and you know, that's one thing that, you know, I, if I see somebody that I want to talk to or something, I, you know, shoot them a message or something. You never know who's going to, who's going to reply. Uh, yeah. that's like, hopefully I get someone that, that, uh, that actually replied and, you know, talking to a little bit, hopefully I get them on the show and that would be awesome. But, yeah. um, you know, I, this is, this is just something that I like doing on the side. Like I said, I, I, I work a lot. And, you know, if it ends up turning into something, great. But if yeah. not, if not, I still get to, you know, talk to everybody, which is what I like to do. So. Yeah. I think that the, it's funny you say that because another thing that sort of chaps my ass, since we're talking about things that chaps our ass, um, is how people think they're too fucking good for things. Yeah. You know, too big to, you know, or you're not big enough to be on my show. Yeah. And, and again, I, and maybe it's my age, maybe it's how I was brought up, maybe it's living up in the Northeast, I, I don't fucking know. Um, but, it, you know, it all comes down to respect, and always remember, like, hey, fucker, you started somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Someone gave you a fucking shot, so yeah. don't be such a dick. Yeah, and that's, you know, something along those lines is, uh, it, this has always stuck out in my head when talking about anything like this. I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, lifelong diehard Cubs fan and you know went to you know we would go to the games early sometimes and you know stand outside the parking lot and wait for the players to come in and uh, for the most part you know there'd, there'd be a crowd of kids and you know adults obviously but uh, kids screaming out the players names you know for an autograph or just to say hi anything like that and uh, Carlos Zambrano pulled in and it's you know quite a while before the game and uh, you've got this crowd of like screaming kids calling your name and he wouldn't even look in their direction. And it's yeah. just like, come on, dude. Like, you're, right? you're, you're living out all these kids here. You're living out their dream. Yep. And, and you can't take the time to even look over your shoulder and wave. 
Listen, I understand. Yeah, I, and 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 on that, listen, I understand he can't sign every fucking autograph. I well, get that, that's like I said, but, but he wouldn't even I, wave. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even wave or anything. Yeah, you know that's a you know. Now, there's a there's a twist to that. Unfortunately, as a society, sometimes we get a little fucking crazy when a celebrity's around and this and that. So, I get that they want their free time and and whatever. They don't, you know. But if you're being respectful and you walked up to say, oh, hi, how are you? Yeah. Or something like that. I don't like how, you know, they're, some celebs are dicks. Like, oh, this is my free time. No, you're a fucking celebrity. That person right there that you're being a dick to spends 15 fucking dollars to go see your movie or buys your fucking brand. So yeah. you need to shove your head up their ass a little bit. I'm saying you got to see what they had for fucking dinner, but you got to fucking shove it up their ass a little bit. And that's the problem that we have. And again, maybe I'm just too fucking real. Um, and I, again, I think it's maybe how I was brought up, you know, again, to respect, be nice, open your fucking door, say, please say, thank you. You know, shit like that. I think it's all on how maybe you were brought up and my parents did a pretty good job that way. Um, but I don't know. So, but I do understand for the celebrity if people are being overly obnoxious or, uh, or, or jumping in front of you with their with their phone to take yeah, a selfie. That, that's a, yeah, that's a dick move. Yeah. Uh, but if somebody's being very cordial and just wanting to come up and say hello, then yeah. dude, give them the time. Yeah, just give a handshake. Time. Yeah, just give them the time of the day. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, <laughs> I should make lots of friends off of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So, and you know, the good thing, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a pretty sociable person. I, I like to talk. I like to bullshit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to force anybody to do it. And I don't expect anybody to go out of their way for it. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, the, the common courtesy, a little bit of respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all started somewhere. Exactly. Most people will bullshit and, and say they fucking started with nothing to add to their story and shit like that. And then you come to find out their fucking dad was a multimillionaire and yeah. shit like that. That'd be like with my kids starting a business. If my kids started a business, I mean, they couldn't sit there and say they started from nothing. Yeah. Well, their dad helped them. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my mom and dad, they didn't have money. So I didn't, you know, I'm self-made it's a big difference, you know? Yeah. And so I wish people would just be more fucking real because they would gain more respect if they sat there and said, Hey, my dad gave me a million bucks to start my business. And you know what? I took that million and I fucking turned it into a hundred million. Yeah. Then you'd be like, motherfucker, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's a great fucking story, but don't sit there and sit there and say, Oh, I started with, you know, $2 in my pocket. Yeah. No, no, you're fucking full of shit. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, yeah. So, it's um, a great conversation. I'm loving it. So am I, man. That's, you know, again, thanks for, thanks for coming on. So, absolutely. Um, so outside of the bearded idiots, I, I know you've got a list of podcasts that you've done on your website, uh, tatteredbeans.com. Um, but what other, what other types of shows have you done? Ooh, everything from, business oriented to fatherhood to, um, uh, military, uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I can, 
I've, I've lived a very colorful life. Yeah. Um, so there isn't really anything that I can't talk about. Um, so if it's, if it's a business podcast, I can, you know, talk about all my ups and downs and, and different, uh, scenarios in business. I've got two incredible, uh, daughters. Um, if it's something about family, you know, have at it. We can talk about family. Um, if it's about military, I can give you as much military, uh, information that I've, you know, garnished, you know, through my life. Um, and so being as well-rounded as I am, I have that ability to talk about a lot of different experiences, you know, even health, um, and wellness. So marriage, 25 years, just celebrated that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's hard enough for people to, you know, to, to reach, you know, and God love her. I have no idea why in the fuck she stuck with me for 25 years, but you know, yeah, especially, uh, so you, you got married when you were 22 then? Yeah. Uh, 23. All right. So, I mean, that alone getting married, I mean, most marriages that start at that point don't really last. That's, uh, myself. I was, uh, I was divorced once. Um, and oh, I was, how old was I? I don't know. I was look, uh, lower thirties, but you know, even then it was, uh, you know, for me, it was too soon for her, for her. It was too soon. So, yeah. uh, you know, but now it's, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's fucking perfect. So, well, and listen, I, I tell entrepreneurs that I mentor, you know, one of the things that I fucking say is that you need to make sure your marriage is, is like marriage and family. Too many people forget about that. They, they're like, Oh, I got to put in the grind, you know, I got to ah. listen. And, and how I can speak of that. Cause I did that. You know, my, I wanted to, my first goal was to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And I did it four months into my 30th birthday. Nice. And, um, man, I tell you what I suffered. My fucking family suffered. I was out the door at 5 a.m. I was back in the door, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night. It was all about the Benjamins. And um, unfortunately, you know, I was kissing my kids' head, you know, leaving and coming back in. And so I would see them on the weekends, but I was on the fucking, you know, I was always in the office still on the weekends, and they were getting an hour of my time here and there. You know, so I, I know as I got older and I had my accident, you know, that helped pull my head out of my ass a little bit. Um, but you know, recently within the past three, three years or so, you know, I needed to own my shit as a father and yeah. as a, you know, and a lot of people don't fucking do that. And, you know, so I, I had to go and apologize to my kids and say, listen, I wish I would have been a better father back then. I wish I would have been a better husband. Um, I provided, yeah, we had the 5,000 square foot house, four cars, jet skis, boats, four wheelers, motorcycles, you fucking name it. We had it. Um, but, uh, I gave up a lot, you know, uh, at that point in time. And so as a father, I really fucking sucked. And so what I learned was, you know, it's going to fucking be there tomorrow. Like that job is still going to fucking be there tomorrow. Um, and so it made me become a lot better in prioritizing my time and still needing to realize I still, you know, I got to work 16, 18 hours a day because listen, no one gets successful on the first eight hours. It's the fucking second eight hours that really pinpoints your fucking successful people. 
So knowing that I needed to do that and put that time in, I needed to get better at uh, prioritizing um, my time and my schedule and stuff like that. So um, that's what really what taught me. And really, like I said, and I'll repeat it, owning your shit, like fucking, you know, apologize. And I tell these young entrepreneurs now, it's like you need to make sure your fucking relationships are tight because what ends up happening is when you fuck up your relationships, that fucks up your business because then your mind isn't straight in making the right decisions. And then you've got to worry about fucking divorce or fighting here and then yeah. getting into this and then your employees. And, you know, so, you know, make sure that shit is on, you're on top of that shit first. Yeah. Too many fucking people don't take that serious. And then the next thing you know, you know, now I'm not saying that, listen, there's a lot of times divorce is, is good. Um, don't get me wrong. But in my case, my wife was my fucking foundation. So every time I fucked up, um, she allowed me to be the dreamer. You know, if I got some wild hair up my ass and I wanted to do something fucking crazy, she be, she she was always our, our steady Eddie. She was the nurse. She always provided for the family, you know, um, and I was able to go out and live my fucking dream of being whatever I wanted to be that year or two years or five or 10 or whatever, you know, that that gave me that ability to be where the fuck I am today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely lucky, uh, along the same lines, you know, my, my wife lets me do this. Um, you know, like you said, if I, if I get some crazy idea, you know, she'll, she'll support me. And, um, and it's, it, it's, it's nice to have that. Yeah. And I, and I'll, I'll throw another little zinger for you. My fucking wife's batting a thousand. Every single business idea that I pitch to her, she'll either tell me I'm a fucking fool or she's like, this one's a home. <laughs> and let me tell you, she's batting a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's told me, she's like, you're going to completely lose your ass on this one. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to make, ah, you know, and then fucking a couple months later, she's like, looks at me, goes, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, and as far as uh, entrepreneuring goes, uh, that's she's always, you know, she's she's got a good job. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's she's doing all right, but you know, she she tells me every every day she's at work, she sits there and thinks about what the hell can I start doing that I could get the hell out of here. Yeah, you know, and it's you know, she's making t-shirts, she's making uh, you know, like different different stuff. Like she just got a cricket machine. Yeah, and uh, she's she's having fun with that, and it's like ah, you know, one one of these days you you might hit a niche. Absolutely. You got to, you got to love what you do. Oh yeah. You have to love what you do. Yeah. And that's the one thing I've, I've, my wife worked for me, um, the first construction company for about six months. And she's like, dude, I can't fucking work for you no more. You're too intense. So at that point, you know, she's, again, she's a nurse. So she's always had that good side. She loves it. You know, so that's the, that's the good thing is like, she, she doesn't have to work, you know, to provide, she works cause she wants to, she, we, we feel that if you have your college education, fucking use it, you know, no. um, you know, cause I don't, I don't have my college education, you know, so, uh, the school hard knocks kicked me around a few times. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's one thing that's always eluded me. And, uh, and it just got to a point where I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to, you know, take the time to go. I don't need a piece of paper to say I'm successful or not. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and I don't use a bottom line to sit there and say if I'm successful or not. I look at the, I look, look at my success as a, as a, a husband and a father and um, the, our family first. And, and then I look at, you know, the people around me, you know, hopefully I'm doing okay enough to take care of them. Um, and, you know, and then others like with tattered beans, if you do the right things, cause listen, I know I fucking sin every day. I have the seven deadly sins tattooed on me for a fucking reason to remind me, you know, um, and gluttony isn't always about food. You know, it, it can yeah. be about, you know, wanting the extras in life and, uh, that's a fucking sin. And if you sin that way, you know, what damage are you doing other, other, other things, you know? In order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be materialistic because who in the fuck wants to be an entrepreneur and say, I don't want to make any money. Yeah. You know, you have to have a materialistic mindset. So maybe it's you, you want that, you know, that sports car, maybe you want that bigger house. Maybe you just want something nicer, you know, compared to what you want. Well, at the end of the day, that's a materialistic thought process. Oh yeah. And so it's okay to fucking have those. You have to have those. If you have a materialistic thought process because you want certain things and you want a certain success, as long as you're not a dick, you should be able to give those same successes to the people around you. Yeah, for sure. I go on tangents sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's that's the beauty of the that's the beauty of long form conversation, man. <laughs> right? So every once in a while. So, all right. Well, um, anything you want to talk about before we uh, finish up here? No, this was, I tell you, this was, this was pretty awesome. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to let me, um, you know, talk about Tattered Beans and its mission and um, how important it is to me, uh, but how people can benefit from it. Um, yeah. You know, because it's, it's awesome people like you, um, again, that give me the platform to be able to, um, you know, showcase that my passion and my passion is being able to give back to uh people who you know when you really think about it give a hell of a lot more than we do yeah uh, you know you're talking a first responder you know who's having to roll up on an accident and you know um having to deal with the things that they've seen in life and not take those things home um and you're talking about active duty members, right? Active duty military right now who are stationed all over the world away from their families, missing birthdays, missing first times, missing births, uh, first times they walk first words. Um, you're talking veterans who have given so much, um, who come home and, you know, can't be taken care of from the VA, can't find jobs, um, you know, are dealing with the PTSDs, um, the issues because, you know, they unfortunately saw a, you know, a brother, uh, you know, who passed away in the, in the vehicle, um, that they were in. I mean, that is shit that you and I don't fucking deal with on a day to day. Exactly. So as far as, uh, now veterans, you could be active duty and retired to sign yeah. up now, as far as, uh, first responders and whatnot, um, like, like I said, I, I was an EMT for five years, but yep, I, know, I, no, I no longer have a, have a, a certain number or anything. So how do you, how do you go through like proving that you were? That's really, so we do put on, we do as much checking as we're allowed to do. Um, that's the most I can say. Um, but we do have a, um, you will check box, you will check a box that says that you're not stealing valor or anything like that, that you're, you're legit. So um, if you're not, then, you know, we, I'm not saying that we won't, but we will, 
you know, um, turn it over to whoever we need to, to make sure it's, uh, we, we write the wrong. Yeah. And that's, uh, and as far as uh, military goes again, uh, if you're dishonorably discharged, unfortunately we do not allow the dishonorably discharged. There yeah. are occasions we have had a couple emails. Um, we do go case by case. We haven't had to, uh, handle it yet we've just had a couple emails with people asking questions um but we do require you to be honorably discharged yeah so uh that that's where i guess that's where the question stems from because like with the military you have to you know submit whatever form i'm i'm not well versed the in that DD, the dd form 214 yeah that it, it i don't I, as far as i know there's nothing like that in uh in ems i don't know about police and fire Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to see if they have a uh, specific forms uh, in that. Yeah. But yeah, just my curiosity. So what, you know what uh, we will definitely look into that. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, absolutely. That's like I said, I, I'm sure I could probably find my old cert number. Yeah. Uh, you know, but outside of that, I, I can't think of anything. So. But. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll, you know, it's something that we can add to the site, you know, because again, it's, you know, even as retirement, you know, from those, like you said, you know, you're retired from being an EMT. I mean, you still put in the time and the effort, you know, you took a different career path, but no different than the military. Yeah. You know, is, is a veteran who's been in a year any different than a veteran that's been in 22 years? No. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're still a fucking veteran. Yeah, exactly. You still gave your time and effort, you know, for your country. Oh, well, right on. So uh, what other than the uh, website, tatteredbeans.com? Uh, what other than the website uh, are you on, like social media and whatnot? So we're at Tattered Beans uh, under Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook. All right. So we're, we've just updated the website. Uh, so we're going to – our new contest, we're going to have different contests coming up that are pretty cool. Um, having Stephen, we're going to be doing a lot more content, cool content, um, you know, we're, we want to take things more of a comedic side. So, uh, that'll be pretty interesting. You know, he's got, he's got a pretty cool mind. So, uh, it's going to be pretty fun to, you know, watch what he comes up with. All right. So if anybody wants to get a hold of you, uh, just go through the website, contact us or, uh, so you can, yeah, certainly you can go to, uh, send an email at, uh, at tatterbeans at gmail.com. Uh, my personal Instagram is, uh, Jake Jean official. Uh, you know, you can always DM me there if you want. Um, and you know, I, I love answering questions. Um, so it's anything from business to, you know, personal, whatever, you know, I get some crazy fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does. I think. Yeah. And, uh, to, to sign up, just go to the website. So if, if you, uh, if you're a veteran active duty or first responder, um, correct, just go to tatteredbeans.com, go to the register page, then just start from one and go down to the bottom. And, and uh, we generally have you up on the site within 24 hours and you get your own personal link. And from there, dude, you know, sky's the limit, post it wherever you want. Um, we even help the vets, we help all of them um, even sell commercially, you know, so they, if they want to go to the local diner and be like, Hey, would you be interested in buying this coffee in bulk now? Um, yeah. You know, we even help them with that. So again, we're making small entrepreneurs, you know, out of these, uh, out of these individuals to sign up. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Yep. Well, thank you. All right. Well, um, I definitely, again, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, 
I know Amanda and Steven are off screen, but I know they're there and I, I hear them laughing every once in a while. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Thank you for the time. And um, I'll, I'll put everything, all, all the links in the uh, description of the episode and everything. So. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. There you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, don't forget, check out all the links in the description. Uh, go to my website, uh, support me on Patreon, all that stuff. You can email me at brian at com for any suggestions or anything of the likes. Um, hate mail, whatever. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. You can find me on the Herfcast podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for the next one.